Garrett Cole says getting waxed is not pleasant, whether it's on the field or in a salon. What the heck is he talking about? Find out next. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, Yankee fans. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. If you're new, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. I hope you all enjoy. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all audio platforms. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you know what to do. It's the word that starts with S and ends with scribe. And hit the thumbs up button to like our videos and the bell so you know as soon as our videos go live. So what on earth is Garrett Cole talking about? Well, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about it. We'll talk about things that he said at spring training because he was interviewed because he's Garrett Cole. Carlos Rodon said some things. Glaber Torres said some things. We have a lot of stuff to talk about because it was the first official day of spring training. Everyone was there and it, pitchers and catchers were all there. They needed to be there. But other guys were there, too, because people cannot wait to get the season started. And I think getting waxed at the hands of the Astros and the ALCS is uh, motivating some of these guys to show up early. So, as I keep saying, yes, it was bad, but it was also good in a way that it happened that way. Maybe the humiliation is getting to be too much for these guys, and maybe they'll finally get over the hump. Should the Yankees do what the Nationals did in 2019? There was... I don't know if you all remember this, but during spring training, Davey Martinez got a camel to come to Nat's training camp because they could never get over the hump of the first round. Up to that point, the Nats hadn't made it out of the first round of the playoffs, and then they made it all the way to the World Series. Do the Yankees have to do some, something like that, maybe, for 2023? Shall we tell them? I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> it couldn't hurt, though, right? I mean, what's the worst that could happen? The uh, camel could charge someone or spit on someone. I mean, you know, worse things have happened to the Yankees, like getting swept in four games by the Astros. So Garrett Cole had some things to say. And not only that, Ron Guidry's there as a special instructor, of course, because he's one of the Yankee legends. And um, he was there. And Garrett Cole said how it's always just kind of an exciting time to be back around everyone. It's always good to see Gator. We exchanged cordials and talked a bit about how cool it was for both of us that night in Texas. That's right, because he passed Gator in the strikeout mark and Judge hit a 60-second home run. I kind of forgot about that. Everyone keeps talking about the 60-second home run. And I feel like Cole's strikeout record was eclipsed by the fact that he gave up 33 home runs. And hey, I'm one of those people that keeps bringing that up. <laughs> Actually, Cole said about that. I think every year you try to evaluate what you can do better. Sometimes there are things, there aren't things that are not quite, wait, what? That quote doesn't make sense. Garrett, what are you saying? Sometimes there aren't things that are not quite as obvious as leading the league in home runs, but you've got to be out there to pitch quite a bit if you're going to. The solo home runs really aren't it. It's the late ones that flip a game a little bit or when there's two or three runners on base. Yes. 
That was an issue, Garrett. I'm thinking of one in particular home run that happened last year that was a three-run, if I remember correctly. And yeah, no, that was not fun. Boone said, for as good as a year as it was, he faced his share of adversity. This is about Cole. I thought one of the best things that happened to him and for us last year, I remember a lot of questions going into the postseason around him. He really bounced back and continued to solidify himself as one of the real aces in the sport. And yeah, he did... He actually did fine in the playoffs, mostly, mostly. But Cole has only made it to the ALCS because he only made it to the ALCS with Houston also. And he said his biggest goal is to win a world championship for this organization. And the waxing comment, we have to talk about this. So he said, <laughs> he quipped on Thursday that the Yankees got waxed by the Astros in last October's ALCS sweep, adding, anytime you get waxed, it doesn't feel good, whether you're going to the salon or you're on the baseball field. What is Garrett Cole getting waxed at the salon? I'd like to know. As someone who gets waxed. Well, I haven't in a while, but... Um, I actually used to fall asleep when they did my eyebrows. I... I I actually fell asleep one time. The woman had to wake me up. Other people, it hurts a lot when they get their eyebrows waxed, but I was getting it done so many times. You get used to it. But I need to know what Garrett Cole is getting waxed in the salon. And why didn't anyone follow up with a question about what he's getting waxed? So Cole also said about his home run problem, problem, Part of it is my style. I don't walk many guys. I throw strikes with a lot of my pitches. Part of what makes me great is my low walk rate. There's a pretty good chance that when you face me, I'm going to be in the strike zone. If you get a pitch to hit and you put a really good swing on it, sometimes those balls will go out. It's not like I'm giving up zero home runs this year. I'm always going to give up a certain amount of home runs. Now, in 2019, when everyone was hitting home runs, Cole gave up 29, but he finished with an ERA, a full point lower than in 2022. He finished with a 2.50 ERA. 2022, he finished with a 3.50. So a lot like batting average, ERA doesn't tell the whole story of how a pitcher performed. So it's not always fair to go off on the ERA. And home runs also, um, like he said, he throws the ball in the zone a lot. You know, the problem I had, and he said it in the earlier quote, you know, solo home run, fine. You know, maybe early in the game, fine. But when you're giving up a bunch of home runs in a row or you're giving up a three-run home run late when your team has a lead, which causes the team to lose the lead, that's an issue. So, yeah. Now, Cole also talked about Carlos Rodon. He said he met Rodon a few years ago while working out in the offseason, and he was struck by his strength and intensity. And they've only been around each other for about three days so far at camp because people, as I said, showed up early. But Cole has taken note of how routine-oriented Rodon is, and that's similar to how he operates. Cole said he seems like on autopilot. He knows what he's doing. As far as right now, we've had some opportunities to socialize, but not a whole lot. Coming to spring training and being in your first spring training, you don't want to overload on everybody. You want to get them settled. I think he's the real deal. He's got a great work ethic and great stuff. I'm always fascinated by pitching and pitchers and their routines and what they talk about with each other and if they try to show each other pitches and how they 
deliver the pitches, how they hold the pitches. Do they try and teach each other their pitches to see if they could do it? You know, I remember um, the Yankees not being too happy when Mo showed Roy Halladay his cutter. <laughs> but it's different when you're on the same team because you want to show your teammate the pitch. You don't want to show it to an opponent that your teammates are going to have to face. Don't do that. But yeah, no, I like I like that Rodone is intense. This is... This is going to be really fun watching those two being one, two in the rotation. And speaking of Rodone, we're going to talk about something that happened with him that I had no idea this happened. And I find it quite hilarious, actually, that it happened because I didn't realize. I, I don't know. I just didn't know this happened. Um, and he told a funny story about it. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But first... The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. Can we just briefly talk about the Knicks? They're looking really good, and I feel like they'd be a safe bet against certain teams because they're starting to find a groove. They're not giving up leads late, and they're finishing out games. So when everyone returns from the All-Star break, start betting on the Knicks. And FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. Make your second listen Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So Carlos Rodon told a story that I had no idea about. Now, I joked yesterday about his hair and how he looked like he rolled out of his car and just walked into Steinbrenner Field to report to camp. And uh, I noticed the stash yesterday, but it seemed more pronounced today. I don't know how to feel about the mustache. Some guys can carry the mustache. Nestor Cortez looks great with a mustache. Matt Carpenter looked goofy with his mustache, and he really looked like the W.B. Mason guy. But hey, that stash was magical last year, and hopefully Matt Carpenter will keep that on his face when he plays with the Padres this season. But Carlos Rodon told a story about how Yankee fans were sending him money through Venmo. Which, why? <laughs> why were Yankee fans doing that? That's so, that's crazy. Okay. I mean, I guess it's because they really wanted him to come here. But they were sending him money on Venmo during free agency, and he actually used the money to help someone. He lives in Indiana, and Indiana and Illinois are right next to each other, in case you don't know United States geography. And the part of Indiana that he lives in, he's close to Illinois. And they hunt, him and his family, 
He says, I live in a really remote area in Indiana and hunting is a big part of our life over there, I guess. It's just what a lot of us do. So when my cousin and I drive across the border, because I live on the border of Indiana and Illinois, we drive in a really, really remote and rural area. And we always drive by this house when we're going to one of our spots. One day we see this little boy get off the bus, wooden shack in the middle of nowhere. My cousin was like, man, we should do something nice for that kid someday. I was like, you know what? You're right. A couple years go past. We come by it this year. We're going to go hunt over there and we're driving by. And I'm like, where's this house at? This house in the middle of the cornfield. I don't see it. Apparently the house burnt down. So they found out that the house burnt down. They got all that money from Venmo and they helped get the kid a nice Christmas. They did some things for the family and then they actually helped them rebuild their house. So Rodone said, so thank you to the fans of New York. You helped some 15-year-old in Illinois that doesn't really have much and whose house burnt down. So he said that that gesture from the fans actually really endeared him to New York and to them. And he joked about, you know, you always hear about how bad Yankee fans are, but I think they're pretty cool. And yes, yeah, some of us are. Some of us are. You'll find out. You'll find out that some of us aren't. You know, um... Well, hopefully not. Hopefully Rodon will just pitch really well in 2023 and he won't have to deal with um, some of the Yankee fans that aren't so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe not. So the Yankees are finally giving away Brett Gardner's locker in spring training. They kept it. That's sweet. That's sweet. Although it is kind of a bummer that Brett Gardner kind of just went away, you know? Like, there was no fanfare. He just, like, left and then never came back. Like, we knew that it was probably going to be his last season, the last time he played, but it's still kind of a bummer. I mean, you know, he played in the last year of the stadium, made his debut June of 2008. I saw him hit his first walk-off single against Jonathan Papelbon on July 6th. 2008 Yankees Red Sox Sunday Night Baseball perfect and it's just sad to think about how he just went away and now Aaron Hicks has his locker maybe this will help Hicks maybe some of Brett Gardner's gritty gutty (laughs) attitude will rub off on Aaron Hicks in 2023 Uh, Brett Gardner, what a dude. I saw him hit a walk-off home run in 2013 against the Tigers. That was fun. And I always think of that at bat against Cleveland in 2017. You kind of knew the game was... You kind of knew the Yankees were going to win the game. I felt it when Didi hit, hit his first home run. It just really felt like, yeah, they're going to win this. There's no way they can lose. It just felt like the series turned when Greg Bird hit the home run off Andrew Miller and that game five was basically a foregone foregone conclusion. But still, 12 pitch at bat. He finally gets the hit. The two-run score. Give the Yankees some breathing room. You know, progressive field gets like, totally quiet except for the Yankee fans who were there but 
you know, Cleveland fans were just like in shock because of the way the first two games went. They just figured they were going to roll over the Yankees and they didn't. And it was perfect that Brett Gardner was the one that had that at bat. And now I'm going to get depressed about 2017 all over again. (sighs) Anyway, (laughs) Aaron Hicks is getting Brett Gardner's locker in spring training. And um, maybe this will help him. I really hope it does because I like Aaron Hicks. And when he's playing well and when he's healthy, he can be a really big contributor to the team. And he had a couple of big moments last year. But it's... You know, the home run against Houston that tied the game, that was really big. But then it was overshadowed by that really bad game where he made those awful plays in the outfield. And people just got really angry with him. So hopefully he comes back healthy. He comes back with a clear head and stays healthy. And maybe he'll have a better year in 2023. Hopefully. So let's just say this about Gardner. He was the last remaining active player from the 09 team. And he was a gold glove winner in 2016 and an all-star in 2015. Now Hicks, last year, 216 with eight home runs in 130 games. So it wasn't a terrible season games-wise. 130 is a lot better than some of the other guys who only played in 90 games, 80 games. Yeah, I've been writing a lot for Locked On the last couple of weeks, and I've been looking at people's stats and realizing how injured some of these guys have been all over the league. So 130 games is not that bad. Now, Aaron Hicks could be fighting for the left field job with Oswaldo Cabrera. We'll see how that goes. Now, they keep saying that, you know, the Yankees could possibly trade possibly, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think that if they were going to trade for a left fielder, it would have happened already. And um, yeah, so I, I feel like it's Hicks's job to lose at this point. You know, Cabrera would be a good option, but I feel like Hicks going into the season or into spring training, it's his job to lose left field. So yeah. So in a moment, we're going to talk about Glaber Torres doing something we all should do at some point or another. But first. So what did Glaber Torres do in the offseason? He did what everyone else should do. What I should do, what you should do, what most people should do. He took a break from social media. (laughs) It's easier said than done. There are some apps on social media that I have gotten rid of. I don't have Reddit on my phone anymore. I don't have Facebook on my phone. I barely check Facebook these days because it's a, no, it's not fun to look at. So there are some aspects of social media that I've been able to distance myself from, but it's difficult, especially when your job has to deal with social media and putting things up on social media. It's kind of hard to avoid. So Torres said he stopped looking at social media in November, not wanting his offseason to be affected by the speculation concerning a possible trade. He um, said that he's exactly where he wants to be. He wants to be with the Yankees. He said, I know everybody here. I feel like this is my home. And for sure, I don't want to leave this year and the next year. I just want to put up really good numbers and try to stay all of my career with the Yankees. Torres was an all-star in 2018 and 2019. He was incredible in 2019, but that was, I mean, I don't want to blame or 
say that it was only because of the juiced balls, but the juiced balls helped a lot of people. Um, he had issues in 20 and 21, but he rebounded last year. He had 24 home runs, drove in 76 runs in 140 games. He, he, his batting line was 257, 310, 451, which works out to a 114 OPS plus. Now, just in case you don't remember, Aaron Judge's OPS plus was 211. That number is going to be burned in my brain until I'm in a nursing home, you know, old age, 211 OPS. And the nurses are going to say, what is this person talking about? <laughs> Aaron Boone said about Gleyber Torres, he had some ups and downs last year, but on balance, he had a really strong season for us on both sides of the ball. We have a guy that's got a ton of experience, that's had a lot of success, and has had some bumps in the road along the way too, but that's still a young man, and I expect him to be a really impactful player in the middle of our lineup. So yeah, I mentioned this yesterday. Boone envisions Torres as a starting baseman with DJ LeMayhew likely bouncing between first, second, and third, because Rizzo will be at first, Donaldson will be at third. Torres has been working on his hitting this offseason and believes he's unlocked tweaks that could restore his earlier production. He said, my first couple of years were great. After that, not as good as I expected. Let's see, I've got two more years of team control. If they don't trade me, I've got a great opportunity to bounce back. And honestly, he really does. And I feel like you notice when Glaber Torres is on and when he's off because he kind of falls, he falls into the plate when he's off and he's over swinging, you know, he kind of like tips over and that's how you know things aren't right for him. And when he's not doing that, he tends to hit the ball. So look for that when he's playing this season. I love Glaber. I love everything that he's done for the Yankees and I don't want to see him go anywhere. And as Boone said, he's still young. He still has a chance to really, really become a great player. I know that Peraza and Volpe, it's possible that those two could come up and that maybe the Yankees are envisioning one at short, one at second, and there might not be a place for Glaber Torres. But we'll see because we'll see during spring training how those two do in the shortstop battle with Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on, a lot of story storylines going on. But I just really want the Yankees to give Glaber a chance to be better this year like I said his numbers were good last year better he rebounded you know 21 was a, a disaster I don't think people should look at 2020 in either direction I feel like guys were overvalued and undervalued in 2020 because a 60 game sample size is not big enough to really evaluate how someone's season went you know so I think I think Glaber's going to be better this year. I also, I know I joke about it all the time, but I really think that now that his kid is a little older and he doesn't have the new dad thing going on and maybe they're getting more sleep, maybe it'll be better for him. It's possible. It's very possible. And before I go, I'd like to address this briefly, just briefly, but someone in the comments, I can't recall the name now, but someone in the comments suggested that the Yankees sign Trevor Bauer to be their fifth starter. And all I have to say to that is no, no. Um, not even, I mean, yes, because of the legal stuff, but even without the legal stuff, 
I feel like, no, there's there's harmony in that clubhouse. Garrett Cole does not like him. Him and Bauer have a thing going back years to college, and they don't like each other. It's not the same thing as Josh Donaldson speaking out on the sticky stuff, because Cole and Donaldson obviously had a talk and made up, because when Donaldson walked off on opening day, Cole was one of the first people out the dugout to celebrate with him. But I feel like Bauer, no, he would poison the clubhouse. Um, and I joked in the YouTube comments that I would actually have, I would rather have Josh Donaldson be the fifth starter and Josh Donaldson isn't a pitcher. So no, no to Trevor Bauer. No, most teams would probably at this point say no to Trevor Bauer. And I, no, I don't want him with the Yankees at all. I don't think that would be a good fit. So let's recap. Garrett Cole talks about waxing. Again, I need to know what this man did in the salon, what he gets waxed, because I've gotten a few places waxed, and ooh, I would rather get swept in an ALCS than ever do that again. Carlos Rodon, Cole likes his intensity, and I kind of like the idea of Cole and Rodon making each other work harder, you know? Like the idea of a friendly competition between the top two starters on the team. I think that could be fun. Kind of like how uh, Brett Gardner, well, Brett Gardner and Judge had a competition going on a few years ago, a couple years ago. And even Matt Holliday, when he was on the Yankees for that one year, and those like that one blissful month that he was okay before he got sick. Um, him and Brett Gardner, the bald guys, they had a, a bald guy home run competition, if I'm not mistaken. So I like the idea of Rodone and Cole doing something similar. And maybe that might help Cole. You never know. Um, Rodone tells the story of how Yankee fans Ven Venmoed him money, which I still can't believe, and how it, it helped a young man in Illinois get a new house. So good job by the Yankee fans. I still can't believe they sent him money in Venmo. How did they even know what his Venmo was? That's so weird. And <laughs> Glaber Torres wants to stay in New York and thinks he can improve. And I hope that the Yankees give him the chance to do that. And Aaron Hicks was given Brett Gardner's locker in spring training. Hopefully the spirit of Brett Gardner will help Aaron Hicks both defensively and offensively in 2023. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember that you can listen to us on every podcasting platform available. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, hit the thumbs up button uh, to like our video and click on the bell so you know when our videos go up. And once again, I'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So enjoy your Thursday and I will talk to you all tomorrow.